Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 71 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm very glad that you're with me today. I apologize. I just had a sneezing fit of epic proportions. So if I sound stuffed up, that's why. Uh, Today, we have an interview with the awesome Zach Bohannon, who you have probably heard of because he's one of those people on the podcast loops. He's right up there with Jay Thorne that his name is mentioned a lot. We mention Zach Bohannon a lot on my other podcast, The Pedal to the Metal. And uh, uh, he's just a super fun guy. He's real serious about his craft and he gets so much done and he's just really fun to listen to. I know you're going to enjoy the interview as always. A little bit of update around this part of the world. Oh, um, kind of in a big, big one. Uh, Patreon. If uh, you support anybody on Patreon, you saw last week this kerfuffle that they had. Um, it was quite a major kerfuffle. Basically, they came out with a new way of <sighs> charging for their services, um, basically, is what I uh, what I think it came down to. And they said that instead of taking their service fee out of the creator's funds, my funds as the person who's creating the work that is supported on Patreon, uh, they would immediately start taking it from patrons. And by taking it from, I mean, adding on to their pledge. So basically, uh, whatever you as a patron had pledged was going to be going up, which I thought was frankly, crappy, craptastic crap. Um, a lot of other people felt that way and we all responded um, because you know what, even if you're just jacking it up a little bit, if you are a patron and you give $1 or $2 amounts to many different artists, you're making a very, very real and significant um, change in their lives. That is incredible what you do. But to have your dollar suddenly go to a dollar thirty-seven. That's ridiculous. You know, at a higher level, you're going to feel it less, but at the dollar, you're you're increasing it that much. Um, so it was unacceptable. And they rolled it back. After a lot of protests, they rolled it back, which means to me that they're a company who listens. They knew that they screwed up. Um, and in fact, in their blog post that they put out today or yesterday, they said, uh, we screwed up. We did this wrong. Um, that doesn't mean that Patreon will not have some changes in the future. But what I hope it means is that they're going to be taking it, what they do a little bit more seriously. And um, I'm sure they were taking it seriously. They just got it wrong. Sometimes we just get stuff wrong and um, and not mess with the patrons because the patrons are what keep artists like me working. Uh, Your patronage matters desperately in my life, 100%. So, um, as creators, we try to honor that. We try to honor your pledges, or we should. And when Patreon suddenly didn't honor our patrons, uh, that was that that made me angry. So I'm very glad that they turned that around. Speaking of patrons and how awesome they are, um, I'm going to list some names because these are not only people who are new pledges, but they are people who edited their pledges up because suddenly a bunch of us were losing a lot of Patrons, which was fine. If you cannot afford to support the creators that you want to on Patreon, I encouraged people to leave my Patreon campaign behind if this was something that was going to become a hardship for them, or if they just simply disagreed with the way Patreon was doing it, they could they could leave. Um, and I didn't ask for 
new pledges. It's just that some people upped their pledge because of that. So I wanted to acknowledge um, some of them. Catherine Gann, uh, Kathy Selmy is a new um, patron. Lily Johnson edited her pledge up. Susan Burton was brand new. Karen edited. Uh, Grace, I never know how to say your last name, Grace. Grace Jeschke um, edited hers. Amy Teagan was a new pledge. Uh, Chris uh, Christian Driesen, uh, edited her pledge, you darling, um, Francis McCarthy, new pledge and Karen Frisa edited her pledge. And thank you, all of you, you darlings. Um, it really does mean the world. And I'm going to stop talking about Patreon right now, but if you'd like to look at that Patreon page, it's at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. It is awesome. Um, what you guys do for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, school is out. And that's phenomenal. Uh, Stanford ended last week. The Berkeley class for developing the novel ended this week. And um, while I loved, loved, loved both classes, I could not be happier to just be writing. And um, it's great. I'm just writing. It's pretty joyous. And today, in fact, um, I hadn't hit this all week. And I pretty much know whenever I hit it, but I hit flow today, that Zen state of I just lost track of time. I went way over my word count. And I am one of those people, I have an excellent sense of time, I have an excellent sense of counting anything when I'm casting on for a scarf that has 300 stitches, I won't count in my head, but I'll always stop right around 299 or 301 just because my brain and my body is always counting. It's a very strange thing. Uh, but when I'm writing, I do the same thing. So when I, if I need to get 2,200 words on a day, I will pretty much always look up to the counter at 2201. Um, I know it's time to stop and I'll stop in the middle of a sentence. I don't care. I'm one of those people who likes to hit her word goal and not go over it. Uh, and today I went over it by 400 words, which doesn't sound like much, but it just proves that I was in the zone and being in that zone really, really does feel so good when you just forget everything except the thoughts that are in your head and the words that are hitting the page. And boy, if I could get that to happen all the time, I would do it. Absolutely. It's like the runner's high. Uh, I only ever felt the runner's high twice and they were both at about around mile 16 or 17. It's a very real high. It was very fun, uh, but I am never going to feel it again. I guarantee you that because I am not running that number of miles. Um, but yeah, I'm happily working on the Fast Drafting Your Memoir book, uh, which is really, really coming together. And I kind of drafted out to the very end this morning, just you know, figured out which days I'm going to be writing which bits. So it's all working. I am happily reading my eyeballs out. Uh, this is December, my month of a reading. I'm not reading Twitter, um, I, which usually takes a lot of my time, frankly. I'm reading books instead, and I'm just tearing through books. And a friend sent me an advanced reading copy of uh, The Hazel Wood, which is coming out in January. It's a young adult contemporary fairy fairy tale but it's really horror in a lot of ways and it is gorgeous the hazelwood by melissa albert you are going to want to um pick it up in january because it is so wonderful so i just finished that and uh i believe i'm going to take the next two weeks off of podcasting and i'm sorry about that but i'm just going to exit the year 
having a little bit more of a break, which I'm looking forward to. If I do happen to book somebody extra special, I'll put up an episode between now and the end of the year. But otherwise, um, it's December 14th as I record this, and I'll be back on January 4th with a new episode. And that episode will be the year in review, which I really love doing. And I will tell you all about um, what I made in 2017, how much I brought in, where that money came from, how I feel the year went, and what I'm looking forward to next. So that show will be very fun. There will not be a guest on that episode. It'll just be me talking to you. So let's get into the interview with Zach. You're going to love it and love him. He's just darling. And I bet he would not like being called that though. And enjoy. And I'll talk to you in 2018. Okay, friends? Happy writing. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Okay, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome my friend Zach Bohannon. Hi, Zach. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. So delighted. Um, for listeners, um, Zach is my uh, kind of third partner in my other podcast, which is called The Pedal to the Metal, which I co-host with Jay Thorne. But um, Zach Bohannon is a uh, frequent presence. I'm in... a trope. You are a trope. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. You're practically a meme. And when we say Zach Bohannon, <laughs> Pretty much. you take a shot on, on that show. So exactly. um, the exactly. legend is here with me today. Let me give you a little bit of an intro for those who might not know you. Uh, Zach Bohannon is a horror, science fiction, and fantasy author. His breakout post-apocalyptic zombie series, Empty Bodies, was an Amazon number one bestseller. In addition, he is also the owner of Molten Universe Media, where he co-writes with author Jay Thorne. The duo also host a unique retreat for authors called Authors on a Train. And I actually know, isn't that, that's at authorsonatrain.com, right? That's correct. Okay. Yep. And he lives in Tennessee with his wife, daughter, and German Shepherd. He loves hockey, heavy metal, video games, and reading. And he doesn't trust a beer he can see through. He's a retired drummer and has had a beard since 2003, long before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> really? You've had that beard since... For like 14 years? Yeah, yeah. So when I was a heavy metal band, like we all grew beards. And this was like way before all the hipsters took it over. And my wife won't let me shave. So um, <laughs> I was going to ask you about so your wife. It's like, just, yeah. I don't want to, but it's there. So It's, it's just all part good. of who you are. That's awesome. Exactly. So. Well, welcome to the show. As you know, this show is all about um, process. And while I do know quite a bit about you, I actually have no idea about your writing process. Can you tell us about what that looks like in your day-to-day? Well, I mean, my writing process is is, is interesting, um, you know, coming from the fact that uh, I, as you mentioned, I co-write with Jay. So yeah, I love um, talking to co-writers. It's such a unique place to be. It is very interesting, and it's it's changed my. I mean, overall, it's changed my whole writing process and things I'm kind of doing during the day. Um, but uh, but yeah, as far as just kind of like my day to day. Uh, I'm full time, so um, I, I've been away from the day job now since uh, since April uh, of 2017. So has it been um, since April? Pre- oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Wow. So um, yeah, so <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been it, it's it's been awesome so far. But uh, but so I usually wake up um, usually around 5:30, um, get some coffee going and stuff. I like to read before I start working on anything. 
Um, so I usually set a timer for 15, 20 minutes and do a little bit of fiction reading usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll get in, um, and try to get about an hour and a half, two hours in, um, of, of writing, cook breakfast, um, and then try to, uh, get a little bit more in up till lunch. Uh, and then I, I use the afternoons to do other things, um, work on retreat stuff, do marketing, do, um, right now I've been doing a lot of revisions on an anthology we wrote for our last authors on train retreat, uh, just all that kind of stuff. Like not usually not on writing stuff. If there's not a lot of that going on, um, then I'll usually work on writing writing or, uh, you know, give myself a little break in the afternoon and go do something else. <laughs> now, do you, so. do you usually write at home or are you kind of coffee shop kind of guy or, uh, I, I go through swings where I write at home for like two weeks straight and then I'll like go for, go to a coffee shop for like a week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I try to go to a coffee shop at least once or twice a week, like usually during the end of the week. Um, but it, it kind of depends on, uh, uh, my wife's schedule, um, cause she's off Wednesdays and Fridays and sometimes she keeps my daughter home from daycare. So on those days I'm definitely out of the house, yeah, um, yeah. And, unless they're off doing stuff. So, um, it, it, there's a lot of variables as far as that kind of stuff goes, but I, I like to try to get out as much as I can. So, and what are you writing in? You're a Scrivener junkie, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I just, I don't know if you have yet, but I just upgraded to the new one. Um, no, um, Scrivener 3, yeah. it's a $25 paid upgrade if you're already using it. And what do you think about it? I think it's cool. Like there's, I mean, when you're in the, the the I think it's called compose mode where it goes full screen. Mm-hmm. It gives you like this really cool black background knob by default and like this gray text. So like it's a lot easier on your eyes. Oh, nice. Um, and the really, really cool thing they added is writing history. So now it'll give you an average of how much you write every single day and like for the month and stuff. Uh, so like to me for that alone, it's probably it's worth spending the extra 25 bucks. But uh, I, I, yeah, it's cool. I got the notification today, like in the in the app, like I opened it and it said, you know, here's the upgrade. And I skimmed through the things and I must have missed that one because um, I had forgotten that it captures the, the writing history. And I'm going to go buy it immediately yeah. because that's what it I've also, always missed from that. That's the cool thing. And then for me also, like it, when you're in full screen mode and you can put the little window that has like the synopsis and stuff, yeah. now they have it where it's, you get the synopsis and the notes in one thing and it's like half and half. So you can have your synopsis and then any notes you have under that. And I use both those windows and you don't have to go back and forth anymore. Oh, okay. That's so really cool yeah, too. so that's, so that's really cool too. So, okay. um, yeah, so it's it. neat. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's only available for Mac right now. So Oh, so, they haven't new. upgraded it yet to the okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, All right. Anyways, it's good. It's cool though. I'm gonna be getting it. I love me some scrivener. All right, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Uh revising, which is why I have a co author who loves it. <laughs> so it's been a while um, since I've, Jay was on the show. You basically do the first draft and then he revises. Is that how it's kinda of working right now? Yeah. Yeah. So kinda of like just to give a quick breakdown of our process. Uh, we meet, we have a story meeting, we come up with some basic ideas. Jay, he'll go and write the 15 obligatory scenes, which is from the story grid m- method. Show those to me. I'll approve, approve them or say that's cool, you know, mm-hmm. and then and he'll go and write the whole outline. Um, once he has the whole outline, I write the whole first draft. Um, and then every time I finish a chapter, I drop it into Google drive and he comes and edits right behind me. Um, okay. and then, uh, yeah. So, and then he, so he does all the, like once I do the first draft, I, unless I choose to, I usually don't even see the book again. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of our process. And for us that really works because I'm not a big revisions person. Like I like to be just 
done. Um, whenever the book is done, like I just want to be done. I don't, but I don't want to have to go, Oh man, now I got to go read this thing 15 times and do all these revisions. But so, um, and he's the opposite where he loves to do revisions, but doesn't necessarily love to write first drafts. So, um, it's just makes for a really good partnership. So, uh, it's, it, that's really helped, uh, me overcome that challenge because now I don't really have to worry about that. That's so cool. And, and, and I think you're crazy because first drafts are hell. I just, I think you and I have talked about that before. I just hate them. So, so, so so much, so much. What is your Um, biggest joy in writing? Finishing that draft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Finishing the draft. And, And another thing, and this is, this has been a real probably within the last year or so, but I also, um, uh, I'm, I, I love putting together launch plans, uh, especially for book ones. Um, I know it's something a lot of people ignore, but I've done a lot of studying on how to launch books and, and stuff. And so I love putting together launch plans and it's, for me, it's a huge joy. And we're actually going through this right now with a book we just put out to see like all these different things like go off each day. Um, oh. cause we have a different type of promo for every day of the week for two weeks, and to see everything go off every day and see our rank gradually go up and up and up and up has been like, like that's, I just, I'm, I get a big high off that. So, so your launch plan um, that goes from the day the book is released and then the two weeks out, or do you start a little bit of that beforehand too? It's, no, it's usually, it's usually from the day it comes out. We don't do any promo beforehand. Do you do um, a, don't uh, do, do you pre-order? We do a silent pre-order. We okay. don't tell anyone about it. Um, if people, if people find the book organically and they buy it, that's totally cool. And that helps us start to populate also bots on Amazon, mm-hmm. but we don't tell anyone about it because we want to get all our stuff coming in. Like once the book is actually, actually available. Then so, why, here's my question. Uh, why do you do a pre-sale at all then? Um, so, so we, the main reason we do it is for the reason I mentioned of getting those organic sales early okay. to help start popping also bots, but, the, but also because we know for without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what, the, the book will be available at midnight yeah. the day the book comes out. Yeah. So we know that page is up. We can start and then our links will be active. All, like we'll already have the link ahead of time. That makes so sense. So we can go ahead and do in a, but yeah. So every single day we do, we have some different, like we don't hit our list on the same day. Uh, I have multiple lists. I don't hit all them on the same day. They're different days. We don't do social media on the same day. Like there's, it's, we try to get a little bit happen every day. So Amazon gets a, um, like a consistent influx of sales and then you get the right readers and then, you know, you can, your rank will stick for a while and it's working right now. We're a weekend and, um, we're really close to getting in the top thousand. So ah, that's so great. Yeah. Everything yeah. crossed for you guys. Everything crossed. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, awesome. it's pretty awesome. So, well, what is the absolute best or worst writing advice you've ever been given? <laughs> Um, I would say probably the worst writing advice Ooh, I've been given. We'll go right to the negative, right? I love it. <laughs> um, and, and this is kind of sticking with the marketing. Um, well, I'll get one. There's two actually. I'll get one out of the way really quick. I know you and Jay, I think talked about this in Pell of the Metal, but, uh, the arc list thing, um, like I gain advanced review copies out. Like mm-hmm. I have some people that do that, but that's kind of something that I've just kind of ignored. Um, but like, um, less I've ignored it less than Jay has, but, (laughs) but, but I've definitely, I definitely don't put a lot of effort into that, but, uh, but kind of along the same line and sticking with marketing is, you know, um, getting as many people on your list as possible. Like a lot of people focus on just like, I got to get as many people on my list and they do these big promos where they're giving away Kindle fires and all this stuff. I personally think that's like really bad advice and I think it's way more important to get the right people on your list. Um, and you know, who are in the genre you're writing and people who are willing to buy 
And, you know, so you're not polluting, you know, Amazon's data and your list with a bunch of people who just want freebies on, you know, mm-hmm. like a, to get a free Kindle or to who don't even read your genre. Um, so I to me, like when I hear people say you got to have a, a huge list and, you know, I think it's way more important to have the right people on your list than it is to have, you know, a bunch of people. I so. love hearing you say that because it stresses me out in that, like, I have spent so many years because I started my blog in 2002 and I've been cultivating my email list for so many years and my email list is so rich and so strong, but it only, ha- it has less than 7,000 people on it. But I know that every single person is on there because they opted in because they want to hear my voice, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but then, but then, That's you know, but then brand new people come out and they, you know, then they tell me, well, I've only got 20,000 people on my list from all these list builder things that I've joined. And, and I do have that moment of like, oh God, am I doing it all wrong? But I don't think I am. I'm with you. You know, these people, yeah. the, the the list is so important and I care about those people and they care about me. And that's where, that's where the strength is in selling to them. So, yeah. And, and Jay will good. tell you, he did a lot of that and he had to, he had to basically like take a bunch of people off the list because they weren't the right readers. Yeah. You know? He was cleaning so, out that list for a while. Yeah. yeah interesting. So, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Can you uh, share a quick craft tip of any sort? Yeah. So, uh, God, I'm, Jay's becoming like the the me version from Pell of the Metal on this show. <laughs> take a shot, um, but, but but yeah, Jay Thorne, take a shot. Um, but he uh, he's got me on something lately that has started to drive me nuts when I read books. Um, and and so um, that's the overuse of dialogue tags. Oh, so once you see um, it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, and it's just it, it it absolutely kills the flow of a book. Like now, when I see it, so like what I mean is when you see um uh um Rachel had Zach on the podcast how are you doing Zach she asked like <laughs> you've already said that you've already said that Rachel is speaking and the right. so you don't have to have the tag at the end like it's much better if you can show who's speaking through some kind of action like you know uh Rachel furrowed her brow and then have dialogue but don't put the tag at the end mm-hmm. like it's unnecessary at that point so that little small little thing has really been driving me crazy lately when I see it. And that's all Jay's fault. I had an editor once who um, who's who was phenomenal and she really tried to eradicate every single said from my manuscript, let alone she groaned, she muttered, she, you know, all those should be yeah. gone. All those should be gone anyway. But um and I don't believe that, you know, you don't you can't have any saids in your manuscript. You can have some. You can, I believe Absolutely. in the judicious yeah. use of adverbs, um, if you know what you're doing. But yeah, you're right. It's just so much better when you eradicate those. And it's well, it's about having a mix. Yeah. I mean, like you, you should have a healthy balance of some kind of action or something shown who's speaking, but then also like if you're just gonna have dialogue, you don't wanna oh, like have them oh, you know, you wanna leave some room for the imagination for the reader. So, and especially when you have multiple people talking, you're obviously going to have set in there a lot, um, you know, but it's just a, like, it, it, it just gets overused and people, I see it sometimes at the end of every piece of dialogue, even if they've obviously shown who's speaking and that just completely kills the flow of a book. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm actually yeah. reading, um, right now dialogue by Robert McKee and I'm enjoying it. It's, I think it's good. If anybody mm. has, um, questions about dialogue, it's a strong, strong craft book. I'll have to read that. Yeah. I'm always like, like, like. I get my dialogue better. So, yeah, I think, I think I can highly, I just started it. I'm only a couple, a couple chapters in, but I'm really enjoying it so far. When you have self doubt or dark days, how do you deal with it? That's a really good question. Um, so the easy thing to do, and I say easy in quotes is to take the advice of, um, to just 
get your butt in the chair and write. And a lot of that, a lot of that stuff, a lot of times that works, um, but sometimes it doesn't. And the much harder thing to do, in my opinion, is to just go get away. And because uh, I say it's harder because of the guilt. Like I feel like I should be in the chair writing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should, especially having a co-writing partner, mm-hmm. especially having someone who's who's waiting for me to put in stuff so they can revise it. Um, but I really feel like sometimes that you just need to, whether it's take a, go take a walk and just like, you know, settle down a little bit and then try coming back or just take an afternoon off and go do something else. Like, like go watch a movie, uh, in my place, in my case, like I'll go play video games for a couple hours in the afternoon or something like, but, uh, and that's much harder to do, but I've, I've learned that when I do that, there's no reason to feel guilty because I come back later, like totally refreshed and ready to just tackle it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I do. But we still carry that guilt, that that useless yeah. guilt. We do it's still hard. carry it around. It is nice. To it's be hard to set because that down. you feel you feel like you should have your butt in the chair writing, and yep. that is true a lot of the time. But you know, sometimes you just have to know, like it's okay to step back and even if you know, go work on another part of your business. You know, I mean, go work on marketing or or some whatever, you know, um, sometimes you just have to get away and I think that's okay. You know? Yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome. On really bad days, if you could not be a writer, what other profession would you have out of all the professions in the world? Well, I already spent my twenties trying to be a rock star. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'd go back to that. You're doing it a little bit um, more lucratively now going into the writer position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and not having to deal with a bunch of other people and, yeah. uh, you know, so lazy guitar players and singers. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but, uh, I should be careful cause the singer in my last band is my wife. So I should be careful. <laughs> last um, is that how you guys met? Um, but, uh, n- no, we, well, we, she did, we did meet by her seeing my, my main band I played in, uh, she stopped playing and that's how we met. Um, Aww. uh, but, uh, but no, we, we played in a band together later on after we were already together. So, oh, that's fun. but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess like if I, you know, this is kind of a goofy answer and an unrealistic answer, but hey, that's what this is for, right? Yeah. Um, but I'd probably want to be, I'd probably like to be a professional hockey player. <laughs> I've played, I've played hockey since I was like nine years old. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, so that would be really fun to be in the NHL. <laughs> I have never even <laughs> seen a hockey game. I'd... Yeah, I, yeah, we, I mean, we have a team here. So we have the National Predators here. And so uh, that's not my t- team, but, uh, but uh, I I try to go as much as I can. Had Did you say the national the national predators? Nashville, yeah, Nashville predators. Predators. Their name yeah. is the predators. I'm sorry to say that I've never heard of them, but but uh, uh that's okay. <laughs> you know, so ho- hockey's an obscure sport, but it if you is. ever get a chance to go, you should go because it's a lot of fun to go see. I that. should go, and the sharks are huge here. Everybody, yeah, the, sh- the sharks are real close to you. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah that'd be a fun thing to see. Go. So, what yeah. is the best book you've read recently, and why did you love it? Oh, um, so r- recent book that I completed that I really liked was a uh, dark matter by Blake Crouch. Um, I'm a huge, huge Blake Crouch fan. If people are familiar with him, he wrote wayward it. pines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Which was turned into a terrible television show on Fox <laughs> that you should totally ignore. Okay, good. Um, I hadn't but, seen it. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the three books, the wayward pines books are amazing, but, uh, he put out a sci-fi thriller not too long ago called dark matter. And it was just, it really, it was very well paced. Um, it kept me on the edge of my seat. It had a lot of mystery. It was very, uh, it was like parallel dimensions and stuff going on. And he was like going into, it was like one of those books where like he goes into another version of his life where he made one choice different and it completely changed his life moving forward. So it's, it's, uh, 
you know, it's, it, it's awesome. And, uh, that was, a re- that was, that's my favorite book. I actually finished that I love, but, uh, I'm right now I'm reading, I'm listening actually to the audiobook for Artemis by Andy Weir, the new Andy Weir book. Oh, how is it? Uh, it's really good. It's fun so far. I mean, it's way different than the Martian, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, and then I'm reading a, uh, post-apocalyptic book called surrender the sun by an author named uh, A.R. Shaw. So that's the uh, that's the book I'm reading. I usually am listening to a book and reading a book at the same time. So. I'm just trying to get back into listening to books and um, just be, so I can so I can actually fit into like some exercise outside, you know, the house and, and yeah. listen to a book. So I'm just starting with that. It's I don't good. do it as I don't do it as much now because I don't have the 30 minute commute. Um, yeah. But I'll do it like when I'm making breakfast in the morning or what doing dishes or go for a walk or exercise or whatever yeah. is when I listen to audiobooks. So, um, yeah. Cool. And what would you like to tell us about right now? Where can we find you? What are you doing? Um, well, me and you and aforementioned Jay Thorne are uh, going to be at the Selmore Book Show Summit, uh, which is going to be in Chicago at the first the first weekend of May. Um, and uh, and so I'm, I'm helping uh, me and Jay are putting that on with Brian Cohen and, and Jim Kukrell. Um, so, uh, that's gonna be really cool. We've got some really good speakers lined up. Uh, Jay and I will be talking about collaboration. Rachel will be there. <laughs> um, we've also, we've got Lindsay Broker, um, Chris Fox, Monica Leonel. Uh, we've got some really, really good speakers lined up. That's so, um, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. Um, we, we got some really good early bird pricing going on right now through the first of the year. So, um, if, if anyone's interested, you can go to sellmorebookshow.com slash summit um, and then also kind of on the same line, uh, Rachel mentioned earlier that Jay and I do authors on a train thing. Um, and we are right now we're, um, looking into doing that for 2000 for November of next year. So if you are interested cool. in that, um, you can go sign up for more information on that at authors on a train.com. And, and for those of you who are listening to it, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, but that's where they take a group of people and correct me if I'm wrong on any point here, Zach, but you get on the train in. Chicago and you go to New Orleans overnight and the group of you work together on compiling stories that go into an anthology that is published That's afterward. So yep. Cool. So yeah, we spend, yeah, we spend the week. Uh, everyone is, it's a collaboration collaborative thing. So everyone who goes on the trip is paired up with a partner and you're working on a short story through the, through the week. And Jay and I, um, kind of teach our collaborative process. And we also do, uh, we also do workshops during the day on marketing craft stuff like Jay teaches story grid stuff. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, we just had our first one, um, last month, November, 2017. It was great. So we're, one of my friends, Carrie went on it and, and she had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's a, Say hi to her. Can to personally, personally vouch for, for the fact that she, you, that uh, she did not think you guys were big losers, and she. Because if <laughs> she did, she would tell you. That's she would fact. absolutely tell me. Carrie <laughs> yeah. will tell anybody anything. She I would think. tell you, yeah, sure. So. <laughs> well, so, so, and where can but, you uh, be located out on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, so I'm just at zachbohannon.com. Um, I'm at Facebook as well. Um, and if you want to uh, check out the stuff that Jay and I are doing together, our uh, our website is moltenuniversemedia.com. That's our publishing company, and that has information on all the stuff that we're doing and rolling out in the next year or so. So you guys are rolling out a bunch. You guys just continue to roll on. stuff out. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff going on. It's it's, it's really fun right now. So, you're, you're hustlers. You know, you're all hustlers. So we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't I can't tell you how oh, much yeah, I appreciate you. it. It's nice to see your face. <laughs> yeah, you too. I'm I'm really glad to be on. I love this. I love listening to the show. So was, I'm I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you had me on. And the next time I see you, we'll be in Chicago. 
to sell more books yes. on it. Yay! <laughs> I can't wait. It's, we're going to have a lot of fun. So. All right. Take care and get some good writing done. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.